Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning. I'm so pumped you're here as we are in our second to last week of this series entitled Quit Church. And again, I'll give you the promo. Get this book. If you haven't got it, you can get it anywhere. Books are sold, but just an incredible resource to take with you and to really read through and again, to kind of add to what we're learning on Sunday mornings. But also, if you're anything like me, sometimes you do forget what I talked about, like by Wednesday. So it could be a great opportunity to take this book and you could actually uh, kind of go through, reiterate what we learned and uh, use it to apply to your life later. So I challenge you to get this book as well. And again, what we're doing through this series is we're talking about, not necessarily talking about quitting church, but really quitting our mindset and quitting our attitudes and quitting some of the, the thought process that we have towards church. So I want to challenge you to, to go through and uh, actually go with me, and we're going to go to the Bible in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And really, this main idea comes from this passage of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me to Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And as always, we uh, challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app, just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. That way you're reading your Bible every single day. But again, Hebrews is written to the Jewish people, right? We've heard this for the last few weeks, but the Hebrews is written to the Jewish people who were actually believers of Christ. And uh, the Jewish people at this time, they were used to certain things. They were used to certain ways and certain ways to connect with God, really religious traditions. So the author is writing to them and says, you know what? We have to change some of our old mindsets. We have to change some of the ways we think. And he says this, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for, for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So again, in order for us to run this race, in order for us to live out all that God's planned for us, which he has a plan for each and every one of us, in order for us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, there's some things that we have to throw aside. There's some things that we have to quit. There's some things that we have to get rid of, right? There's some things that, that really can lead us astray. And the truth is, the way we view and approach church the way, we, the way we approach church and the way culture tells us to church is one of these things that we have to get rid of. And what we've learned through this series is that we just need to quit this way of thinking. Right? We need to quit expecting the church to be perfect. We need to quit expecting the church to meet all our needs. And instead, what we need to do is we need to start meeting the needs of the church. We need to start meeting the needs of others. And our finances, we need to rethink the way we think about our finances. Instead of thinking they're ours, we need to start becoming stewards of all that God's entrusted us with. And then in church, with our talents and with our giftings, instead of just coming and consuming, we're called to contribute, right? And then all of that, we're called to bring people with us. Again, last week, we talked about how we need to quit expecting people just to come through the doors, but we need to start bringing people with us. We need to invest, we need to invite, and we need to include others. We need to quit doing church the way culture says to do it and start becoming the church the way Scripture displays for us. And we talked about if we don't learn this, if we don't learn this, we're going to miss out on the promises of God. We're going to miss out on all that God has for us. We're going to miss out on all that God wants us to experience. So again, today I'm going to challenge us to quit. I'm going to challenge us to quit. And specifically, I'm going to challenge us to quit just stopping by church. I'm going to challenge us to, to quit making church attendance an option, 
but instead make it a non-negotiable, right? Quit making church a, a negotiable item in our lives, but start making a commitment to it. We need to quit just stopping by church, but attend regularly. Now, this is one of these concepts you're probably thinking like, man, this is a tough one, right? Like, I like just to drop in here and there, right? This is, this is a new concept for me, maybe. This is, maybe I'm not quite used to this. So, again, at Life Change Church, we kind of have a mix of a lot of people here. We have a lot of people that come from different backgrounds. So just to kind of see, we have people that were, grew up unchurched. So the fact that you go to church like every Sunday is like, what, really? And then we have some people who were like, grew up churched. And the fact that you go to church every Sunday, you're like, oh, really? Right? There's both of those right there. So let's just see. How many of you, uh, maybe you're here today and maybe you didn't grow up in church. So that was you, raise your hand, right? We've got a few of those, right? Maybe, uh, and maybe you, you were maybe a Christmas or Easter person. So you still kind of didn't really raise, grow up in church, but you, uh, you came during Christmas and Easter. Maybe that was you. Now, how many of you, so we got a lot of unchurched people, which I love. How many of you say you grew up in church? Raise your hand. All right, we've got a number of those as well. Now, what I love about that is, again, it's a good mix between both unchurched and church. And I don't know if you've been around life change for a while, but if you have, you realize that there's a lot of people that grew up church come from a lot of different backgrounds. Right? We've got a lot of United Methodist people. We've got a lot of Nazarene people. We've got a lot of Assemblies of God people. We've got a lot of Church of God people. We've got a lot of, you just name it, we've got it. Right? That's a, kind of the mix of everything, and it's, and it's awesome, and I love it. But there's a kind of a difference in there, too. So, so those of you that raised your hand said you grew up in church. Now I want to rephrase this, and some of you may kind of reevaluate this. How many of you, like, grew up in church, right? Like, I'm talking there a lot. Like, so depending on what that was for you. So for me, I grew up uh, United Methodist, and I kind of count myself a little bit lucky on that. So we were there for Sundays. Like, that's a regular church, but we were there every Sunday. That's kind of regular church. Then my dad sang in the choir, so I'd go there one night a week. Now, for some of you who grew up in church, maybe a different denomination or a different organization, that meant that you were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And then that meant that you were there at least three full weeks through the year for these things called revivals, right? That's like growing up in church. I think a lot of us, we grew up in church that way where it became so almost overburdened. So for me, though, like church was a, it was kind of a big deal in our family. Um, so it was one of those things that it wasn't non-negotiable. Because it wasn't non-negotiable, I kind of had a goal in my life. So we had this thing called the uh, Sunday School Attendance Award. So how many of you guys, did, did you, anybody else have the Sunday School Attendance Award? We know, we've got some of those in there, right? Listen, I looked and looked and looked, and I lost my badge. So I really don't have proof that I actually got this, but this was one of the goals. Like, this was a big deal for me. Like, this is one of these things that I wanted to make sure that I got because attendance was something I wanted to make a regular part of my basis. This is what, like, this thing is really just a piece of junk metal that they probably got from some trinket store that cost maybe 2.5 cents for one of these. But for us, it was gold, right? This is what we, this is what we went for. Right? This is like our badge of honor. And again, that's what we chased after. And now my parents, they really helped in this because they were kind of crazy. And like church was not an option. It wasn't saying like, yeah, Corbin, you can sleep in this week. No, it was every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. Now, I was actually born on Good Friday. And I like to think that I was actually in church on that Easter. I guess three days later. I think that happened. Now, I asked my mom, and I guess I fact-checked it. It's not right. I was there the following Sunday, and then every Sunday since for the rest of my life. Like, 
It was a little rough. It was a little intense. In fact, my dad, even when we go on vacation, my dad would find a church where we're at on vacation and take us along. Now, it got to the point later where we had a choice, and later when we were a little bit older, but when we were kids, we still had to go to that church with them when they're on vacation. Like, it was, it was a little intense. It was a, a little bit much. There were some times, I, honestly, I got bored with it, right? I mean, I snuck out and I played ping pong a little bit, so if you want to challenge me for ping pong, I will take you on. I got years and years of practice. But the truth is, what I saw from this, right, what I saw from my parents and what I learned is that commitment is a big deal. Commitment is a big deal. And in fact, that's what I want us to understand today. I want us to walk away with knowing that commitment is a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. I mean, you can look throughout Scripture and you see this principle over and over and over again. You see that commitment's a big deal to God. And above everything, God wants us to be committed to him. He wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to be faithful to him. He wants us to be dedicated to him. And he wants us to be obedient, faithful, and dedicated to his church as well. Revelation 3.16 says it this way. It says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Listen, those are some tough words, right? And what Revelation is, it's this vision of John. It's this vision that God gives John really regarding the church, and he's talking specifically to the church. And in this vision, he's saying, you know what? It says that you need to be committed to the church. Don't just be hot or cold. Don't be, don't be lukewarm. Don't fall in between. Be all in. Go all in and be committed. Right? We need to fully commit to the church. We need to be dedicated to God. We need to be obedient and faithful to him and be committed to the church. Let's understand this. Partial attendance equals, isn't, isn't equals being cold, right? Partial attendance equals being lukewarm. And it says it'll spit us out. Partial attendance, though, is what our culture tells us to do. I mean, think about it. You talk to somebody and tell them you go to church, and they may say they go to church as well, and then you find out that they go to church like, four times a year, right? But they still, for them, that's a regular basis because like, that's what culture kind of tells us. It says it's okay just to really stop by. And I think we all said it before, you know what, man, I don't necessarily need church because I'm good. I'm good with my relationship with God. I'm, I'm still there. I'm, that's not a, and again, church isn't necessarily a salvation issue, but it's still something that we need to walk in faith with and we need to be obedient to God. And our culture tells us that, that we don't need to do that. Our culture tells us that partial attendance is okay. In fact, if you look at statistics, if you look at statistics over the last 20 years, the frequency of church attending has dropped dramatically. 20 years ago, a person was considered active in church if they attended three times a week. 20 years ago, that's what, that's what an active church person looked like, three times a week. Now, if you look at it, it's three times a month. And on a bigger picture, there's only 20% of us in the United States that even do that. God wants more than just that. God wants so much more for us. And understand this. We won't experience the full benefits of church. We won't experience the full benefits of community with only partial attendance. So my challenge for you today is to make church a priority. Commit to church. Quit just stopping by because commitment is a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. And here's why it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal because God actually loves us. Right? God loves us so much, he gave us his son, died on the cross, was risen again. He, God loves us that much, but he also loves us so much that he knows how we're wired because he's the one that wired us. He's the one that created us. So commitment is a big deal to God because really he knows that commitment is a big deal to us. 
The truth is we need church. We all need the church. Now, again, we don't need the building, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Like, if you look at the new student life room, it's awesome. It's amazing. There's some cool things going on with it. It's not 100% finished, but it's, it's super cool looking. I'm a little bit jealous. I never had that when I was a student. Never had that when I was in youth. That looks cool. Like, the church here, I feel like there's some cool things about this, right? But listen, we can live without that. I mean, we did. We started the church when it was orange carpet and peach-colored pews, right? That was, it wasn't about the building. It wasn't about that. The truth is, it's not even about the service. Right? It's great to get up there and sing songs, but and listen, when I'm playing bass, that's a bad thing. Like You probably heard me hit the wrong notes. And you can live without that, though, right? You can live without the music. In fact, you can live without the preaching. Again, I know you'll probably forget this by Wednesday because you can live without it. But we can't live without each other. See, that's what the church is. The church is the group of people. The church is the body together. The church is the family. And we can't live without each other because we need each other. Matter of fact, look to your right right now. You need that person. You need the back of their head. Hey, right, look to your left. You need that person as well. We need each other, right? And here's the truth. We grow closer to God when we grow closer to each other. We grow closer to God when we actually have a circle of people in our lives that we can grow closer together with, that lead us towards God. We grow closer to God when we have a, a, a circle of friends who are Christ followers, who are chasing after the same thing, right? That's when we grow closer to God. We we grow closer to him when we're around people, when we're around the church, because we need the church. Listen, I've seen it over and over and over again. In fact, you've seen it before, too. You've seen it where somebody, maybe maybe their vacation went, and again, I'm not, I want you to hear this and say, man, Corbin's like totally against vacations. Listen, vacations are great. Like, I'm good with it. I'm going to take vacations. There's times where it's better, it's good to hear somebody different than me up here, so there's times I sit down and I'm not up here. There's times where our family goes out on vacation. But we've seen it before where somebody's vacation extends, right? Maybe you have a two-weeker and you're gone for two Sundays, but you know what? It becomes easy. Oh, I'm just going to sleep in this Sunday as well. And then it goes to three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. We've seen it before, and then all of a sudden what happens? You feel completely disconnected, right? We've seen those people, and they're like, they, they'll complain. They're like, man, I'm just, I just feel disconnected, but they haven't been there for a while, right? I feel like I just can't. I don't fit in, but they haven't been there for a while. In fact, many of us, we've probably even experienced that before. We may have even done that before. The more you miss, the more you feel disconnected. The more you miss, the, more, the, the, the less you are committed, the, the less that you really experience God, and the more you miss out on what God has in store for us, right? The more opportunities we miss. Because the truth is we rely on each other. We rely on the church. God developed each and every one of us that way. That's why it's so important. That's why commitment is such a big deal to God, because it's a big deal to us. He knows that we need each other. He knows that we need to rely on each other as well. And again, Scripture, all throughout Scripture, you see this. In fact, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament and this guy named Moses. And we see this in Exodus, which we'll look at today right now in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13. So if you have your Bibles, bounce there with me. Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13. And in this passage of Scripture, here's really where Moses was. Moses is the guy, he came, he led the Israelites out of slavery. So the Israelites were under slavery under the Egyptians, working hard for years, years and years and years and years. Then Moses came, God called him to free him out of slavery. Moses didn't think he could do it, so he got this guy named Aaron to talk for him, went through all this, and then Moses finally did it, led him out of slavery, and then what happens is they're roaming in the desert. And like, as they're roaming in the desert, let's just say this, food in the desert is not like right there, it's not readily available. So as they go through the desert, they all of a sudden, they get hungry, right? So then God does amazing things, and he provides manna for them. But they're still in the desert. They're still wandering in the desert. And then, again, in the desert, it's not like water is just available all the time. 
So they started to get thirsty. So then again, God does this miracle and he provides this water out of this rock. So he's doing all this crazy stuff. God's providing for them, but they're still wandering through the desert. And how many of you know when you're wandering, when you're hungry, when you're tired, when you're thirsty, you get a little bit grumpy and you start to kind of fight with each other. You know, for those of you who have kids, you know when it's time to, for them to take a nap, when it's time for them to eat or something else, right? You know these things, right? Because they're grumpy, right? There's things that happen. And this is really where the Israelites found themselves. They were kind of fighting with each other. And at the same time, though, they're actually being attacked from the outside as well. This is what it says here in Exodus 17, 8 through 13. It says, the Amalekites, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephtim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of the men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. So again, here's the Israelites. And really, they're in the middle of it. So again, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're fighting with each other, and then all of a sudden they get attacked from the outside. And the truth is, I think this is where many of us, we can find ourselves, right? We're hungry, we're tired, we're thirsty, we're stressed, we're exhausted, and then we just go through and we feel like we're getting attacked from each and every way, right? We get spiritually attacked a lot of times when we're in this place of tiredness, right? Well, here's what I want you to understand. This is where we need each other. This is that place where we have to rely on each other. If you look at the Israelites, here's what they did. They went out and they went to go fight the bigger, the bigger battle. They went to go fight the enemy. And again, they all played different roles, which we talked about from the series of how as a church we all play different roles. So if you look at it, Joshua and the soldiers, they're on the battlefield and they're fighting. And then Aaron and Moses and her, they went to the top of the hill to really pray and to watch over everything that's going on. Now this next part's where it gets interesting to me. Verse 11 it says this. It says, as long as Moses has held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the, Amalek, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses, his hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Here they are, and they're all working together. They have all these different parts. But the truth is they needed each other. They needed each other at every point. And listen, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of our hardships, in the midst of our battles, really that's where we need to remain committed to one another because that's where we need each other the most. If you look at Joshua, he was committed. He was committed to fight on the battlefields. He was committed to take his troops and fight on the battlefields regardless of it, right? And if you look at Moses, he was committed to giving a spiritual covering and continued to pray and really give this oversight with prayer for the group. And then Aaron and her were committed to helping Moses. And because of this, the enemy was defeated. Because of this, the Amalekites were defeated. Listen, there's some things in our life that we need help from others with, right? There's some times in our life where we need our hands lifted up. Right, let's just be honest. There's times in our life where we need that, where we need our arms lifted up. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever physically held your arms out for a long, extended period of time but it gets rough. I'm going to tell you a little story about when I was a 15-year-old kid and you kind of saw last week kind of what I looked like if you were here as a young kid. You saw kind of what I was working with. It wasn't good. So as a 15-year-old, though, I went on a missions trip to Bolivia and uh, we went down there and we were actually doing these street dramas. So we'd go on the street and the whole plan was to do these dramas that would share the gospel of Jesus with people from Bolivia. So we did this and we go down and we actually did our training session. We did it in a uh, 
Texas before we went down there. So we went to, flew to Texas first, and then there was a team that kind of watched us and looked and says, okay, this person could do this, this person can do this, they'd be the captain, which represents Jesus, blah, 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 and did all this, and they would kind of cast you out. So they're looking at me, and again, you saw what they were working with last week. They look at me, and they're thinking like, man, what are we going to do with this guy, all right? I had no acting ability. I had no, I could, I was, I was pretty much worthless. And the, so what I got was I got this. I got the role of a mime, which is basically a human prop in a play. So that's what I did. And while human prop, I was the mast of this ship. So what I had to do is I actually had to go through, and for 30 minutes, I had to stand like this. And let me just tell you, when your arms are out this much, it begins to burn. It begins to hurt. And you're especially, I'm 15 years old, this isn't something I trained for, so I just stood there like this. My arms are shaking, I'm sweating, I looked ridiculous, and I'm doing this for 35 minutes. But I think the truth is, I think a lot of us, we get to this place in life where we feel like, man, we're, we really can't do anything, and what the best thing we can do right now is a prop for something else. The best thing we can do right now is, is to be out there and just keep our arms up. A lot of us, we get to this point, and really, this is one of the toughest places, right? This is one of the toughest places because it's not like we're relying on our, on our talent at this point. We're relying on our pure obedience to what God's calling us to do. We're relying on just our, our pure will to make something happen. And a lot of times within the family, I think this is where we have to stay. There's some times where with church, it could get rough, just like a family can get rough, where things are fighting, and all we have to do is we have to stay there with our arms out. And the truth is we need somebody to help us. We need somebody committed to us to keep our arms lifted because it can get exhausting. This life can get exhausting, and we need help. We need the commitment of others. We need people to be dependable to us. Listen, we all need this, right? Each and every one of us. Now, so I'll be vulnerable. As your pastor, I need your commitment. Right? If you're part of Life Change Church, if you call Life Change Church your home, I need you to be dependable. The truth is, it's discouraging. It's discouraging for me to work on a message all week, try to put something together that can be practical, that I want you to take with you, that you can apply to your life, and then come, and then people don't show up to it, right? right? That's discouraging. Let's just be honest. Like, that's discouraging for me. Sometimes it's discouraging when we put something together, we'll put a ministry together, we're, we're reaching out to the community to show them the love of Jesus, and then nobody shows up, nobody serves, right? That can be discouraging. It can be discouraging when we put a new ministry together here to help connect people in a little bit better, and then, again, nobody shows up. And listen, this isn't a woe is me thing, but this is the truth. Like, there's times where, like, you just, we just need people committed to us. We just need people that we can rely on. We just need people that are dependable. Same's true for you. Different areas of your life, you just need people that you can rely on. You need people that are dependable. Right? We all need, each and every one of us, we need Aaron and hers in our life. We need people to hold our arms up. We need people to hold our arms up, especially when they're getting ready to drop. Because when our arms drop, this is what happens. We lose. When our arms begin to drop, we lose. And here's what's crazy. When we're not committed, when we're not committed to holding others' arms up, we're actually contributing to them losing. I don't know about you when I think about that, man. That kind of hurts, right? I don't want to contribute to anybody losing. I want to help people. I want to create winners. I want to help people win. I want to walk along with I want to be one that holds people's arms up. We need errands. We need hers in our life. This is why commitment's so big. This is why commitment to the church is so big because we're called to commit to each other, to hold each other's arms up in the time of battle so that we can win. Again, when, when we do this, right? When we do this, when we commit to each other, when we hold each other's arms up, God begins to work. God does some incredible things. 
And let's go back to verse 11 here. It says this, it says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. Imagine the enemy being defeated in your life. Imagine others coming alongside you, holding up your hands so that the enemy is defeated in your life. Imagine winning in your life. Imagine your arms lifted high. Imagine emotionally having an emotional support through the tough times. Like this is what happens when we commit to church. But not only that, this is what happens when others around us commit to the church as well. Like this is what we experience. And we experience fulfillment in ourselves when we commit to the church. We experience fulfillment. We experience living out what God has planned for us when we lift others' arms up. Because that's what God's called each and every one of us to do. I mean, think about it. Imagine how Aaron and Hur felt, right? Here's their, they're lifting the arms of Moses. Again, they're at the top of the hill. They're watching this battle. They're lifting the arms of Moses. And as their arms are lifted, they begin to see that Joshua and the soldiers, they're winning this battle. But when Moses' arms drop, they seem loose. Think about that. Think about the pressure. They knew that they had to do something. They knew that they had to be committed. They knew that they had to keep Moses' arms up because when they did, they won. Talk about a fulfillment in your part, right? Talk about what it feels like to help others win. That's what happens from commitment. It happens when we come to church more than just on a regular basis. But even more than that, it happens when we actually buy in, right? It happens when we become a part of the body. It happens when we truly engage, right? When we connect and we take that next step. And listen, our goal is always to, to help you engage more. We want you to be a part of the family. We want you to be somebody that, that can be, we can be committed to and you can be committed to us, right? That's our whole goal. We try to make it as easy as possible. And again, in September, on September 30th, we're going to have our Discover class which is really just a, a course to show you exactly what, who we are as a church. Show you our values, show you our beliefs, show you our finances, show you what we expect of you, how to grow, how you can be a part, and how you can serve with us, right? So I want to challenge you, if you haven't gone through that, if you haven't gone, we used to call it our partnership, if you haven't gone through that, if you haven't gone through the discovery, I want to challenge you to do that. Because commitment's a big deal to God. And here's what I know. God takes note of those who are dependable and those who are faithful. God takes note of those who are dependable, and he rewards those who are faithful. It's time for us to take it up a notch. It's time for us to commit because it's a big deal. It's time for us to, to move and live our life in a way where God will say, well done, your good and faithful servant. I want to challenge you. Make church a priority. Make it a non-negotiable. Begin to commit in your life. Again, the truth is, maybe some Sundays... Maybe you don't need church, but maybe somebody needs you. Go all in with your church attendance. Make a commitment to each other. If we go back to Hebrews again, it's a book written to, to some religious people. It's a book written to some people who are used to going through certain motions. It says this, and it says really how we can live out commitment and what it looks like. It's Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. It says this, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's just break this down. I think there's some points that we can take and really apply to our life. Number one is this, each one of us, we're called to guide one another towards love. Part of commitment is guiding one another towards love. In fact, if you look at that verse, it goes a little bit more intense. It says, spur one another towards love. You look at the verb spur. It's a little crazy. To spur means to kick in the side with a spike or razor blade. Think about that. 
Think about the intensity of that. Like, that's some serious stuff, and this is what we're called to do. We're called to spur one another on towards love. We're, spurred, we're called to be constantly thinking about how we can love others, how we can spur others to love others, like how we can make others do this so that we all can come together. So this, again, this is why we exist as a church, is to love people to life change, to love people in a growing relationship with Jesus. Not to judge them, not to teach them, but to simply love them and lead them to God so that God can do an incredible work in and through them. This is why we exist. But to do this, we actually have to come together. We have to be committed to one another. We have to make it a priority. This is what we need. This is what others need. Others need spurred towards love. We need spurred towards love. There's times in our lives where we may feel down and out. There's times in our lives where we may not feel like we're really that great. But we need to spur each other towards love. And we need to get real with each other. I think love is one of the realest things and it conquers everything, right? But a lot of times... We're not spurred towards love because I think too many times we fake it at church. To truly guide each other towards love, to truly spur each other towards love, we actually have to get real. It has to be a place where it can be a safe place as well because love is safe. But the truth is, if we really did this, it would look a little messy. Church would probably look a little different. So I want to challenge us to, I want to challenge us to guide each other towards love and get real, right? Get real with each other. Listen, instead of putting your, your fake plastic smile on when you come in here like everything's perfect, you know you're wearing your one shirt that was ironed, but you really, you're wearing that one shirt that's ironed to portray that you have a whole closet full of shirts that are ironed, right? That's, we, we do this. We want to look our best. We do this. We come in. Many of us were probably fighting with our family as we're driving into church, but the moment we hit the parking lot, like, oh, everything's okay. Let's act good. Act normal, kids. That's why I tell my kids when, when, a, when a police drive by. I'm like, act normal, guys. There's a cop, right? I think we do this with church, though, right? <laughs> We do this with church, though. I think we're just like, oh, let's just act normal. Let's put on a fake. Let's put on a front like this. But the truth is, if we're going to truly guide each other towards love, we have to get real. It has to be a place where we can be messy with each other. It has to be a place where we can go and say, you know what? How was your day? Well, I already got in a fight with my, with my wife at least twice, so that's how my day's going. How's yours? Like, I'm in the same boat. Let's go to dinner together. Let's talk about what worked, what didn't work, right? We have to get to this place where we can be real with each other to encourage each other in love. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do that. Guide each other towards love. And this means everyone. Proverbs 25, 21 through 22 says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. Listen, we always have to constantly think about ways that we can guide each other and how we can meet the needs of others. This is what love is all about. So think about it. How can you guide someone to love? Maybe for you, maybe it's to follow up with somebody. Maybe there's somebody they maybe you haven't seen for a while and you're thinking like, man, where have they been? Hey, somebody really should call them. Guess what? You should probably really call them. You should find them on Facebook. You should do that. I got to use that. Spur them towards love. Regardless of it, find a way that you can serve them in some capacity. But I challenge you, guide people towards love. And then number two is to gather regularly. Meet on a regular basis. Listen, at Life Change Church, we have services every Sunday morning. I don't know if you knew this or not, but every Sunday morning we have services at 9 and 1030, right? We can gather regularly. And what's crazy is Sunday actually comes every week. Like, I know this. Like, every Monday, I'm like, well, I probably got to get a message for next Sunday together. We'll make this happen, right? Every week. I've yet to go through a week where they just skip Sunday. Every week, we can gather regularly. I don't challenge you. 9 or 10.30, we're here, everyone, every one of us. And for us to fully commit, we have to gather regularly. Again, in verse 25, it says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Again, our culture shows us that there's some in the habit of not meeting regularly, and it says it's okay. And listen, it's not a salvation issue. But it's an obedience issue. It's a walking out what God has for us issue. 
And listen, for us to experience all that God has for us, we have to meet regularly. We have to be committed to gather together. We have to continue to press on even in those times where we don't want to. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says this. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's understand this. We're called to do good for each other. We're called to do good for people outside these walls, but we're also called to take care of each other. And to take care of each other, that means we have to be doing life with each other. We have to be meeting together regularly, and we have to press on and continue to do so as well. Don't get weary in doing well, right? Don't give up. I think a lot of times we go through church and we get kind of in a routine and we're getting there. Things, some, some things that maybe you can click and it seems like things are going well. And then we're like, okay, this is perfect. I don't need church anymore. And we step back and we say, perfect, we'll go. I'm going to take a few weeks off. And that momentum that it took so long to build up, what do we do? We just stuck a rock in front of it. And getting that momentum built up is so hard. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to press on, continue on, gather regularly. I know that every Sunday you probably don't want to wake up. I know that there's Sundays where the bed can feel better than, than coming to church. Listen, I'm going to be honest. We'll cut Facebook Live off. No, I'm just joking. But there's times where I feel that way, right? Listen, I'm your pastor. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but there's times where I'm like, man, it'd be great just to sleep in today. But we got to keep going. You got to keep pressing on. I think there's a lot of people, and I've seen it, where, man, they're just on the verge. They're on the verge of experiencing all what God has for them. They're on the verge of of really having something open up to them. And then all of a sudden, they just quit because they didn't press on. They were that close. Listen, for me, when I went to get to heaven, I don't want to go there and see God said, man, I had all this for you, but you didn't press on, but you didn't continue. You got a little lazy. Listen, we're called to press on, and what we do and how we commit, we gather regularly. So I want to challenge you. In fact, right now, I'm going to give a challenge out. If you're here right now, I want to challenge you to commit to attending for the next seven weeks in a row. Every Sunday for the next seven weeks in a row. I want to challenge you to commit to that. All the way up to October 14th. Like pull out your calendar, and I'll tell you what. For me, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. Right? So I even, I know it sounds crazy, but on my calendar every Sunday morning, I have preach about Jesus at Life Change Church on Sunday mornings. That's every Sunday. It's a recurring thing because it's just the way I'm wired. Like if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. So I want to challenge you. For you, maybe you're wired that way. Put it on your calendar. Right? For the next seven weeks, all the way up until October 14th, put church on your calendar. And then after that, keep it going, right? Keep it going. Challenge you to meet together regularly. When we do this, when we do this consecutively, we do this consistently, God opens doors and things happen. Right? The community that we may have been searching for, all of a sudden we experience it. We're called to gather together regularly. That's a part of commitment. And parents, understand this. Your kids are watching your every move right now. Your kids are watching your every move right now. I can promise you this. I wouldn't be up here doing what I do right now if it weren't for my parents going to church every single Sunday. Even on the times I didn't want to. Even though it was super annoying. Even though there was a lot of times I zoned out and I, I would count how many squares were in the ceiling at the church. I, even though I did all that stuff, right? I was watching them. I saw that commitment's a big deal. We model things for our, for our kids, each and everything we do. Our commitment shows, and when we gather regularly, they see that we're committed to the church. They're watching you right now. And listen, they see that if you're committed to God. They see if you're committed to God if you're praying. They see if you're committed to God if you're reading your Bible. And the Parent Q app, shameless plug here, but the Parent Q app, if you're a parent, is a great way to show them that and to even do it with them. All right, for us, we, we sing songs. We go through songs and YouTube videos before we, I put the kids to sleep. I pray for them, and we go through this Parent Q app now. 
They're seeing some things in their life. Parents, we have to show our kids this. I want to challenge you to gather regularly. Take the seven-week challenge. And the number three is this. Grow together. Again, Hebrews says this. has been encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Truth is, we need each other. But we need more than that. We actually need something from each other. We need encouragement from each other, right? We need, to, we need help for each other to move forward. We need each other to, to really help to grow. Again, this is what church is about. It's growing together. Living out this commitment is growing together. And growth happens through consistency. Growth happens through doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. We're called to lift each other up. We're called to support one another. We're called to give hope to one another. And again, I know I've said this, but there may be some Sundays where maybe you don't necessarily need church, but somebody needs you. Somebody needs you just to, to say hi to them, to smile at them. Somebody just needs to, to hear your voice, to, to be around your presence, because somehow, some way, you lift them up and you encourage them in some way, right? That's what church is all about. We need each other to grow. We need each other to be encouraged with one another, right? Again, this goes even beyond Sunday mornings. Again, this goes to, to life groups. Life groups are all about this, and life groups are starting up on September 30th. But what our life groups are, man, we're, we're really going to revamp our life groups to do more life together. So I'd even go as far as this. If you're here and you, for you, maybe you want somebody to pray with you at some point in your life, or maybe you want some type of pastoral care, or you want something to, you want somebody to come with you at the hospital when you're at the hospital. Listen, we're going to go more towards Scripture. Because if you look at Scripture, it says encourage one another. That's the church, right? That's the people. That's the people we're with. Our life group should be that support system. Our church should be that support system. And that's how we're going to do it. We're called to grow together and encourage together. And we experience this. We experience the full benefits of church when we're actually committed. We experience the full benefits of community when we're actually committed to one another. So I want to challenge you, commit. Commit by guiding one another towards love. Commit by gathering regularly and commit by growing together. That's what commitment is. And we each and every one of us, we have a part to play. So I want to challenge you, quit just stopping by church, but make attendance a priority. Make it a non-negotiable and go even beyond that. Begin to engage. Begin to connect. Because commitment is a big deal to God. If you would, pull out the connect card in the seat back in front of you. I want to challenge you. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you. Maybe God's, as you hear this message, maybe there's been some inconsistencies in your life. Maybe there's been some things where you weren't fully committed to God, weren't fully committed to, to the church and to people around you. But God's asking you to do that. So I want to challenge you to write that down. Maybe God's asking you to, to spur one another on towards love and to, to, to really just get real in church. Listen, write that down. Maybe God's asking you to, to gather regularly. I know it sounds crazy, but maybe God's asking you to take, take advantage of that, that seven-week challenge and be here for the next seven weeks. I want to challenge you to write that down and make that happen. Maybe God's asking you to really to grow with people. Maybe it's going to be a life group, whatever it is. Listen, write it down, live it out. Maybe God's asking you, maybe it goes even before that. Maybe instead of making a commitment to the church, maybe God's asking you to make a commitment to Jesus. Maybe you're here today, maybe you actually never realized that how much God loved you, that he gave his son for you. And all he asks in return is a commitment. Listen, if that's you, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here today and you've never made a commitment to Jesus, but you want to, on that, on that box there is a place that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Simply check mark that box. But it goes beyond a check mark. Check mark that box, but then believe. Believe that God gave his son for you. And then receive him as your Lord and Savior. Receive his forgiveness. Listen, there's nothing you can do to grow closer to God because he already did everything through Jesus Christ. What we have to do is we just have to commit, accept, and receive.
So I challenge you. Mark that box if that's you. And maybe there's a thing that you need prayer for. Listen, I want to challenge you. Fill that out as well. I love to partner with you. I love to pray with you each week. So I love to pray over these cards. So if you have a prayer request, fill that out. If you would, take this moment to, to fill that card out. If you're a first-time guest, we ask that you fill it out completely. And we do have a gift for you at the end of service. But if you've been here before, you can just simply put your name on it and uh, put what God's asking you to do. Fill that out and get any ties or offerings ready as well. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.